Welcome to That's What She Said, a podcast of sermons at Galileo Christian Church, Disciples of Christ. Galileo exists to seek and shelter spiritual refugees, who for us are people for whom the church has become boring, irrelevant, exclusive, or even painful, especially people who have been pushed out because of their gender or sexuality. If you yourself are a spiritual refugee, we're especially glad you're listening. Hi, church. The gospel reading for tonight comes from John 8. Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. Early in the morning, he came again to the temple. All the people came to him, and he sat down and began to teach them. The scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in adultery, and making her stand before all of them, they said to him, Teacher, this woman was caught in the very act of committing adultery. Now, in the law of most, in the law, Moses commanded us to stone such a woman. Now, what do you say? They said this to test him, so that they might have some charge to bring against him. Jesus bent down and wrote with his finger on the ground. When they kept on questioning him, he straightened up and said to them, Let anyone among you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. And once again, he bent down and wrote on the ground. When they heard it, they went away, one by one, beginning with the elders. And Jesus was left alone with the woman standing before him. Jesus straightened up and said to her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? She said, No one, sir. And Jesus said, Neither do I condemn you. Go on your way. And from now on, do not sin again. Again, Jesus spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Then the Pharisees said to him, You are testifying on your own behalf. Your testimony is not valid. Jesus answered, Even if I testify on my own behalf, my testimony is valid. Because I know where I have come from and where I am going, but you do not know where I come from or where I'm going. You judge by human standards. I judge no one. Yet even if I do judge, my judgment is valid, for it is not I alone who judge, but I and the Father who sent me. In your law, it is written that the testimony of two witnesses is valid. I testify on my own behalf, and the Father who sent me testifies on my behalf. Then they said to him, Where is your father? Jesus answered, You know neither me nor my father. If you knew me, you would know my father also. He spoke these words while he was teaching in the treasury of the temple, but no one arrested him because his hour had not yet come. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Woo! Yeah! Jesus, the light of the world. Thank you so much, Remy and Stephanie, for um, leading us in worship today. I also want to thank your beautiful pastor, my friend, um, Reverend Dr. Katie Hayes, for 
another opportunity to share the word with this um, wonderful community. And, and I know that, that there are some gatherers out there also um, watching and experiencing uh, worship here with you all today. So I want to say hello to my gathering family. This has been, this has been a week, y'all. Um, I don't know if you've felt it, but I have. And, and a lot of the people that I love have. And um, it's just, it's been difficult. Um, it's like trauma on top of trauma. It's like, when is it going to end? And so we persevere, though. We, we keep moving. We deal with our, with our hurt. We deal with our pain. We deal with our trauma. We try our best to take care of ourselves, which is what I hope you are, all are doing as well. Um, and we just keep keeping on um, the best we can. So tonight, uh, I want to reiterate the passage in John, just verses 12 through 14. So I'll read those again and then dig in to this word tonight. And Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Then the Pharisees said to him, you are testifying on your own behalf. Your testimony is not valid. Jesus answered, if I testify on my own behalf, my testimony is valid because I know where I have come from and where I am going. But you do not know where I come from or where I am going. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Pray with me. Creator God, we give you all the glory and praise and we are grateful for this preaching moment. God, we pray that you will be with us as we share this word with your people. May the words of my heart be pleasing to you. In Jesus' name, amen. A few years ago, perhaps like some of you, my daughter and I actually went to a theater to watch a movie. The movie I'm thinking about is called Hidden Figures. It's the true story of three brilliant black female mathematicians at NASA. These women lived in the era of Jim Crow, a time when black women's genius was marginalized, their brilliance discounted, their contributions minimized, and their humanity mischaracterized. See, these three women, along with other black female mathematicians at NASA were given the title Colored Computers. Now these black women, let's be clear, were not the first or only female mathematicians in NASA. In fact, Barbara, Barbara Barbie Canwright, a white woman, was the first. But Barbie and the other white female mathematicians had another designation. They were known as human computers. Yet, despite the objectification of their identities due to the 
interlocking systems of race, gender, and class oppression, three black human computers, Katherine Johnson, Mary Jackson, and Dorothy Vaughn, made it possible for John Glenn to become the first American astronaut to orbit the Earth. See, these women knew who they were. They were black, they were women, they were brilliant, they were gifted, they were mathematicians, and they were human beings. In our focus text, we find Jesus testifying to the nature of his own humanity. To do so, he uses the phrase, I am. For one to state, I am, is to testify. See, I am is a declarative statement attesting to and affirming one's identity for oneself. As a womanist, I like that. Such an action is known as radical subjectivity. See, womanists name ourselves for ourselves. We do not allow others to decide who we are. And that is what Jesus does here in this text. He testified, I am. See, Jesus knew who he was, and so he was able to give his own testimony because he was clear about his own identity. Jesus named himself for himself. In fact, his identity had already been tested in the wilderness. Perhaps you remember when he was tempted three times by the adversary, the devil, with if. See, asking if attempts to get one to question or to feel one has to prove something to another. It was an effort by the adversary to get Jesus to question his own identity. But Jesus didn't fall for it. See, when you know who you are, you know who you ain't. Thus, there is no need to question or feel compelled to prove anything to anyone about who you are. Well, not only was Jesus' identity tested by the adversary, it was confirmed by God following his baptism by John in the Jordan River. Perhaps you remember the words God bellowed from heaven after Jesus' baptism. This is my beloved son. Hear ye him. Jesus' identity was affirmed by God after his baptism. Beloved, please know this, that our baptism is the affirmation of our identification with Jesus Christ. And like Jesus Christ, we too will be tested. In days like these, the identities of people who are black, brown, Asian, chic, and LGBTQIA plus is being tested by systems and institutions who seem bent on their marginalization, oppression, silencing, and even elimination. Each day, we are challenged to remind ourselves the truth of who we are. For if we don't know who we are, we will find ourselves succumbing to the death-dealing descriptions of those who neither know where we come from or where we are going. For those of us who are followers of the life and teachings of Jesus Christ, 
God's beloved son. Our identity is neither negotiable nor is it debatable. We, like Jesus, are children of God, human beings with purpose, with creativity, with worth and value, dearly loved, children who are loved by God. And so this morning, this evening, I just have really one question for Galileo. Do you know who you are in this season of church life, in this season of our world? Beloved, we are in a season of intense trauma, whether we experience it personally or vicariously. Practically every day, we witness the traumatization of human beings. Families watching rebroadcasts of their loved ones murdered by state-sanctioned police violence. 21st century Jim Crow-like voter suppression. Mass shootings in grocery stores and FedEx centers. We witness children coming out with their hands up who still end up dead. Who are you, Galileo, in times like these? What is your identity? What will be your testimony about yourselves? Church, knowing who you are matters because people will say all kinds of things about who they believe you to be. People will misunderstand you. They will misrecognize you, even try to impose their own beliefs on how you uh, ought to think and how they think you ought to act, who you should serve, how you should spend God's money, what causes you should take up, and what your mission needs to be. But who do you know that you are? Because when you know who you are, you know who you ain't. In one of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s most poignant and prolific sermons, and actually one of my favorite sermons, A Knock at Midnight, he preaches from Luke chapter 11, verses 5 through 6, about the man whose neighbor knocked on his door at midnight asking for a few loaves of bread to feed a visiting and hungry friend. The man knocked at midnight because that's when the need arose and his own cupboard was bare. In the sermon, King highlights the consequences of the church's failure to know who we are. And I quote, he says, if the church does not recapture its prophetic zeal, it will become an irrelevant social club without moral or spiritual authority. If the church does not participate actively in the struggle for peace and for economic and racial justice, it will forfeit the loyalty of millions and cause people everywhere to say that it has atrophied its will, end quote. Beloved King was clear. If we as followers of Jesus Christ, united with him by baptism, forget who we are, we will become something other than who we're intended to be. If we don't know who we are, we will become irrelevant. If we don't know who we are, we will lose our spiritual and moral authority. If we don't know who we are, children and young adults will stop taking us seriously. If we don't know who we are, our own people will no longer be committed to our gatherings. Ah, but when you, when you know who you are, when we know who we are, 
a compassionate church, a church with courage and commitment to speak truth to oppressive powers when we know who we are, a church willing to get up at midnight and be the hands and feet and heart of Jesus when we know who we are, a woke people, a hospitable people who unlock our doors and give away bread even at midnight. We will be God's people, a beloved community pleasing to God. Galileo, when the church knows our identity, our works will testify to it. When we know who we are, we'll work while it is day to ensure the bread of equity is experienced by all LGBTQIA persons. The bread of affordable housing will be given to people who are housing insecure. The bread of hospitality to the hospitality to the immigrant, the bread of educational opportunities to the undereducated, the bread of a living wage to the unemployed and the underemployed. When the church knows who we are, the bread of protection and safety will be lavishly given to the domestic violence survivor, the bread of racial equity to black and brown people, and the bread of gender justice to women, all women. The good news here is that as followers of Jesus Christ, our baptism enables us to know who we are. See, Christ has put his name on us and his mission in us, and we have received it and lived by that name and for God's purposes. Because church, we know who we are. And more importantly, we know whose we are. Amen. Jesus said, my testimony is valid. What a word. And like Kai Shapley, he cited God, his parent, as the corroborator to his testimony. Let us all be empowered to do the same. There's a legend about Martin Luther that testifies that every morning before his feet hit the floor, he would testify to himself, remember, Martin, you are baptized. And yet, in his large catechism, Martin said that he studies baptism daily. That is to say, he never fully understood it. And yet, he cherished his own baptism and its impact on his selfhood, even after he started a revolutionary movement in direct opposition to the church that baptized him. I guess we can't really blame him for struggling with it a little. And I think lots of us can relate to Martin's struggle. Many of us have left the church that baptized us. Many of us have since adopted a wholly different baptismal theology than the one we held before. Some of us even go by a different name now than the one that we were baptized with. But in baptism, we who are getting baptized don't have to get it all right. And the people baptizing us don't have to get it all right. Because we are not baptized in the name of ourselves or the name of our church, but in the name of God, our parent, Jesus, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. When the very religious persons um, read, we read about earlier named a woman adulterer, Jesus instead called her daughter. 
And so did Jesus at all of our baptisms, whisper the name he knew was ours, even if we didn't know it ourselves yet. This table is similarly mysterious and confusing and not fully comprehensible, but the solution is the same. We don't really have to understand what happens here because God does. Like with baptism, we just follow in Jesus' example. We do it because he did it. And the triune God conspires to take care of the rest. I don't really know what happens when we all take communion separately in our homes with differing elements and sometimes without someone to serve it to us. But God does. God's still doing God's thing. We just do the thing and God will take care of the rest. Thanks for listening to That's What She Said. This podcast is preached almost always by our lead evangelist, Reverend Dr. Katie Hayes. Galileo Church has five missional priorities. We do justice for LGBTQ plus people and those who love them. We do kindness to those in mental and emotional distress and celebrate neurodiversity. We do beauty for our God who is beautiful. We do real relationship, no bullshit, ever. And we do whatever it takes to share this good news with the world God still loves. To support the production of this podcast and the ongoing missional priorities of this church, go to GalileoChurch.org and click on Conspire With Us. You'll have options to use your Venmo or PayPal or use your credit card or bank account. Any amount helps. And if you're kind enough to share your contact information with us, we'll continually send you thanks. Peace.